with Rex Navarrete. I hope you guys out there are surviving, living life, getting through the week. I know it's crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's going to stay crazy for a while. But anyway, I'm thinking about you. Hope everything is working out this week. And if it's not, there's always next week. Welcome to this episode of the Flip Chronicles. This is episode eight. Um, Today we got a really, really... Uh, really special guest. Um, I've known this individual for a couple decades. Um, I know her family. Um, we have pretty much the same circle of, uh, of, uh, Filipino American activists, uh, creatives, artist types. But, um, I know lately she's been going through, um, a lot of, uh, introspection and, um, and coming up with ideas on how to, how to take care of yourself better through these these difficult times. This this pandemic is serious, and I'm I'm just worried about how my peers, my friends, fellow parents, are just getting through this. And um, and especially for us Filipinos, how do we deal with this kind of a stress? How do we stop internalizing all the pressure that's coming towards us? You know, in whatever whatever field you're in. So you know, even for comics, um, a lot of us are totally out of work can't do what we love doing and uh, i know you guys uh are feeling it because you really need the laughs and um laughs laughs laughter happiness smiling is important um so we're going to be talking a bit about just like um you know a little self-help stuff um and just um um just self-care taking care of yourself through these difficult times um my friend is janet stickman um and uh you know there's a lot to say about her um uh she's known throughout the circles uh within filipino america uh as being an educator uh, activist a professor um she is uh, biracial she uh comes from a uh, uh she's an only child uh african-american father filipina uh american mom um immigrant mom um so uh with all the anti-blackness going on within our own community as Filipinos, yeah, this is a very important topic because uh, a lot of us have internalized uh, biases towards black people, and that's a reality. I know it's hard to hear, um, and it's always something that is always kind of spoken under our breath, but it's inherently a part of our colonial mind. This has been going on for centuries. Uh, so, you know what? Uh, the black community is, is has always been there with the Filipino community in terms of uh, parallel struggles. Um, but this is just an individual uh, case with Janet, and she's going to share her you know, specific stories about herself growing up in a loving African-American, Filipino-American household and, um, and how she copes today being uh, a mom of a child with four backgrounds going on so i hope you guys enjoy this and i hope you you walk away uh from this episode with a little more you know tools in your tool belt on how to take care of yourself through this but um you know opening yourselves to the bigger discussion about anti-blackness in our community and you know just just that 
and, and I'm glad this 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 podcast serves as a platform to you know for us to put it on the table. So um, a little more background about Janet. She is uh, she is a professor of humanities specializing in ethnic studies. She's a faculty coordinator of the Cultural Center at Napa Valley College. She's a col- she's an author of a, uh, of a number of books. Crushing Soft Rubies, a memoir, Midnight Peaches. Um, uh, but lately, uh, she, she well lately she came out with a with a with a book entitled "To Black Parents Visiting Earth," a must uh, a must buy a must read. Yeah, I know I'm sure you can get it on Amazon. Um, she got her master's of arts degree in ethnic studies from San Francisco State University. Hey, my alma mater. Uh, she also received her Master's of Arts degree in Religion and Society from the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley and a Bachelor's of Science degree in Civil Engineering. Oh, yeah. Good Filipino right there, huh? From the University of California, Irvine. For the last 20 years, Janet has been an educator, writer, performer, and influenced thousands of adults and teens across the country. So with this episode 8 of the Flip Chronicles... Um, I would love for you guys to meet a really, really close friend of mine, Janet Stickman. So we, we don't necessarily just, I don't have an intro <laughs> or anything like that. I just do that. Okay. I just do that like in post edit, you know, just give a little bit of a background of who who you are, what you've been okay. up to. But this, okay. is, this is just you and, 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 and your connection to, you know, Filipino America and, and, okay. and the Phil M consciousness worldwide. And okay. I, and we do have listeners um, in the Philippines. Um, oh, nice. For this. Nice. So you have to speak in Cebuano if you want. Oh, no. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but this is it, you know. I'll use the little that I know. <laughs> oh, just a little bit? Okay. Uh, but how, are, how are things with you there in the in the Bay? You are currently in the Bay Area. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. talking to you from Portland. So uh, I know. It's Bay. crazy. Yeah, I'm here in the Bay. I'm here in El Cerrito. And um, things are good. Mm-hmm. Things are good. Um, my family and I are doing really well. Uh, I celebrated my birthday just yes. a couple days ago. I know. So I'm Happy very birthday. excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I know there are some neighboring fires that have sprung up um, just in the last 24 hours um, out in the Napa, St. Helena area. And so right now we're not smelling any smoke, but, you know, we have been enjoying at least a week's worth of uh, fresh air. So I'm I'm concerned that uh, that may change soon. But I mean, the most important thing is, you know, just making sure our, our, our um, you know, that we're that our house doesn't burn down. You know, exactly. Yeah, so, and, so many people around us have, you yeah. know, suffered a lot of losses. So I know what is up. What is up with uh, all these fires in California? You guys are it's not nuts. you are not sweeping your forest floors. <laughs> Get those it leaf does, blowers out. Yes. It you doesn't know? look like it. it you know, you'll like it. <laughs> what's going on. It's just it's everywhere. Battery powered leaf blowers, you know, mm-hmm. rechargeable, you know, good for <laughs> what the. And then up here in Oregon too, it's like we got smoked out so bad. Yeah, and yeah, I heard. Gosh. Did you get that lightning too? Um, yeah, we were getting lightning. Ooh, okay. crazy lightning, thunder, yeah. and then we got we we got we finally got rain like two weeks too late. 
but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's been rough for a lot of folks up here in the Pacific Northwest. So I consider you guys Pacific Northwest, Northern California. You know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's uh, you know we're just you know trying to lay low. We've been keeping everything fairly simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the midst of COVID and then the fires and um, racial unrest and. You know, evacuations here and there. Oh God, Things let's, have been. Let's go. Yeah. Let's let's go in that order if you want. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with COVID or political racial tensions in our country, mm. uh, and then yes, we'll, we'll yes. end with identity politics if you want. No, okay. Oh, I'm just oh kidding. Boy. I'm just kidding. I'm just we'll be here all day. <laughs> that's here why. All day. That's why you and I both got into the respective fields that we did. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> all due to racial yep. identity identity politics, politics. <laughs> oh, God. oh ain't that the truth but, you're, but you're holding strong though i mean it sounds like yeah you know, yeah yeah i'm feeling good feeling good i've been um i've been doing um parkour i don't know if i shared that with you the last time uh we visited uh or that we had a conversation i think i i don't think i was really heavy into it when i um saw you over in uh in, in portland, portland a couple yeah. Of years yeah wait no that was just last year yeah, wasn't that was it last year yeah I mean, oh my we goodness up here for for uh, some kind of a conference yeah yeah for the um awp conference and um yeah i think i was just about a year into it at that time and it's it's been a lifesaver it's really um helped me to just kind of tap into a whole new energy source in terms of, you know, my everyday workouts. Mm-hmm. I think I was, you know, I was doing some swimming, but I just realized that the amount of stress that I, um, you know, I, I'm under while I'm at work, I, it requires quite a bit of, you know, leisure and, you know, exercise to offset that, that stress yeah. and um, parkour does it. And I've been learning a lot about my body and just kind of learning a lot about my own like quirky habits that I didn't realize I had until I would just stepped out of my comfort zone and I'm in this gym, you know, jumping over things and climbing over things. You can't you can't lie to yourself in a in a situation <laughs> like that. <laughs> you really can't. Mark. So it's it's forced me to be honest with myself in more ways than one. <laughs> so parkour allows you a new set of skills to become a cat burglar. Exactly. Kind of thing, to escape yeah. escape the law. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the tumbles, the parkour rolls and everything. I got it down. <laughs> so so maybe if we talk a couple years from now I'll be rich because of because of parkour and all the the the, 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 the all your go- all the, all your goodies will be on eBay real soon. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, nice. That's good. So that's that's part yes. of your self-care. You got to do yes. that. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, just being a, you know, doing the kind of work that you're doing and also being a a parent and and being in the year 2020. We have to have some things to maintain our sanity. Uh, mm, yeah absolutely yeah this this uh this year has been trash my goodness it's one thing after the next yeah, can it get any um, junkier can it uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm af- i'm afraid to ask the question Rex. <laughs> i'm really afraid <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid the universe is like sure i yeah, know sure, I mean, yeah. Cal- Cal- <laughs> like it like in a matter like in the same day california had fires and an earthquake and and yeah. almost like defunding all going on at the same day like yes what- <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I hope people make the I hope people make the uh, a better change November third. Seriously, oh, seriously trying to get the vote out. You know, especially with Filipino Americans. Seriously, we're very active, but you know, we are 
I don't know. We're I think it seems like we're cut down the middle in terms of like our allegiances, you know. Yes, and I'm I'm just it's it's deeply disappointing, you know, as the years go on, um, discovering how many you know, Filipinos, Filipino Americans are, you know, Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you are really, um, I, I, it baffles me. I, I really don't understand what that's about. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, as much as Filipinos have, you know, chased whiteness. <laughs> oh, please um, go I, on. I yes. Get I get it. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's surprising and not so surprising, but nonetheless, it still hurts. It does. It yeah, does, especially yeah. when they are close family members. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if you're experiencing that, but maybe you've heard stories of just how other families close to you are dealing with like strident Trump supporters within their family. And how do you love them and, you know, and agree to disagree with them at the same time? Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't know how possible that is. I've, you know, I've had some conversation with friends of mine that are in that situation. And I'm just like, um, how possible is it for you to, you know, limit your contact with them? And I know, you know, and, and it's, it's hard because they're, it may not be every single person in the family, it, but if it's one or two, it kind of sours the whole experience with your family if you're just visiting them, mm -hmm. you know, every now and then. And so you you love, you know, three people in the household. You love everybody in the household, but there are two that really get under your skin and not only get under your skin. I mean, the politics in terms of being outright Trump supporters, it, it just... You know, it makes your blood boil. Well, can and we so, be honest? Yeah, that we we, we uh, you know we do have we do have asshole relatives, and you know, <laughs> yeah, we do. We yeah. seriously yeah. do, mm -hmm. and, and it's worse now that they are they can't shut up about Trump or just being right wing and yes and, and white adjacent. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, really, yeah. the illusion of inclusion in my family mm -hmm. alive mm -hmm. and well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And just being emboldened by, you know, his his presence as 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 much as he's been explicitly racist. I mean, and really since the beginning, since shoot prior to him taking office in the middle of his campaign, it was very clear. Uh, but you know, as the years have gone on with him in office, he's more and more uh, um, explicit, and it. You know, it's of course, I mean, we've heard it all before. It's given the green light to all those who've been, you know, hiding all these years, all these decades. Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> didn't oh, yeah. feel, like, he, didn't feel yeah. like they were safe enough to express I their know, hate. No. Well, People say, well, well yeah. now they are. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't make the country racist. It was already racist. Yeah, and yeah. they were they were just kind of hiding out, laying low, and like mm -hmm. even just like this particular Planning. weekend here in Portland, we had a we had a uh, a big gathering of the Proud Boys again yesterday, and they were expecting twenty thousand members to show up, but only five hundred showed up. So, and that, I mean that's good for us, but still, you know right. they are there. They they they've been there. They've been yes. around, and uh, you know yeah. it's nothing to really, you know, uh, take lightly. They are around, and um, mm -hmm. and not all the Proud Boys are all white. Mm, yeah, mm, so. mm, mm. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but, but that's you'll, scary. You'll see the proud boys of color, but they usually put them in the front. Just they'll take the first gunfire. <laughs> <laughs> usually, some proud Filipino guys. You know, right. Oh my god. Oh boy, we're so gung ho. 
<laughs> Take a shot for the proud boys. Exactly. Show how proud we are. <laughs> They're going to forget your name as you go down. Uh, right, right. <laughs> uh, I think his name was Man- Manolito. I don't know. I forgot. Anyway. <laughs> Just step over him. Step over him. Right. <laughs> Don't make too much of a mess. <laughs> yeah, th- these are crazy times. I mean, how is it for you, you know, to to just, I mean, to be a parent in these times? Hmm. That's a that's yeah. that's challenging. That this yeah, is, these are challenging times to try to explain to your young teen or younger of just how this country, if not the world, is not going going. Yes, as planned. yeah. I mean, uh, parenting you know in this social um climate is is i don't even know how to describe it i you know i've had a number of conversations both my husband and i um have had a number of conversations with our daughter um and it's it's been layered you know so on on one hand you know we have her um, dealing with online instruction and she's quite good at it you know she got quite a bit of practice in from last semester so jumping into the school year um for seventh grade you know just starting online she's been fine but it's just you know the not being able to see her friends so that has been quite a challenge though uh, but nonetheless she's been able to um you know, have these Zoom lunch meetings and and connect with her friends in mm-hmm. that way. So, uh, but, you know, she does it because that's, you know, what kind of, her, her options are limited. So it's the best thing that she can, uh, best way to stay connected and, you know, considering the circumstances. So there's that. And then there is, you know, explaining to her, you know, what's going on between the, you know, just the, the continuous, um uh police brutality uh of uh, against black folks and how it didn't just start May 25th that it has been going on for um <laughs> centuries decades if yeah truly centuries centuries yeah centuries and you know and i remember being in um i remember being in college and college being the first time i really started paying attention to the, uh, you know, the outright state sanctioned violence against black folks, Mm -hmm. you know, and how it was taking place nationwide. And then, you know, we saw, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, we see increasing, you know, attention being brought to the number of folks that are being killed left and right. Um, And then in this year, you know, with George Floyd's, you know, murder on May 25th, but then we also, you know, of course, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and uh, Elijah McClain, and you know, the, the names just go on and on. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's hard not to be. I mean, you are constantly being reminded of the assault on our black bodies. Um, and herself included. And so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that um, it takes a toll. It takes a toll on, you know, myself as a, as a grown up, and how much more as, you know, you know, what kind of toll it takes on a, on a child's life, you know, someone who's in middle school. And so, you know, just a couple of days ago, I had this conversation with her about how um, now is, a crucial time to make sure that you are connected to 
um, your multiple ethnic heritages. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's no surprise to her. She's always known how much um, Sean and I have valued that. And, you know, her being Black, Filipino, Puerto Rican, Jamaican, and, you know, and us really taking seriously the task and making sure that she's connected to all those, those, um, those parts of her background. Um, when we sat and had, you know, when I sat and had this talk with her just a couple of days ago, I said, you know, the, this, this is something, you know, we, we don't want to have, we, we don't want to instill or, or pound into the importance of being connected to your heritage to the point where you get completely turned off. But we do want to explain why, you know, this is so crucial. You know, when we have um, so blatant, you know, this white supremacy that's so blatant in our country right now, us as people of color, um, we have to make sure that we are grounded in who, who we are and who our ancestors are. And so we had a nice conversa conversation about what hegemony was, um, you know, uh, what it is, what it means that, you know, when we're looking at what dominant culture, what dominant ideologies are at play and um, impact our very consciousness. And if, if, you know, the intersection of white male, you know, uh, hetero uh, centered ideals, Christian ideals, if the intersection of all those things is what shapes um, uh, our hegemony you know, so what does that mean for the rest of us? You know, it means that we have to, um, we have to tap into the strength, the brilliance, the genius of our ancestors who've faced all this nonsense uh, time and time again, and, and, uh, and pull from that reservoir to strengthen us in the here and now. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things that, I feel like, you know, when she was small, we were having these conversations and she and I typically when I would do her hair early in the morning and, you know, I would, we would have maybe 15 minutes together, me doing her hair and, and having these deep conversations and you, you hope that maybe like a percentage of it sinks in. And, um, and I think each time we have these conversations, it's the same hope that a percentage of it sinks in and you're not entirely sure how much of it or which part sinks in um, until perhaps they get older or or if we happen to be eavesdropping on a conversation with uh, that she may have with one of her friends, then we're like, oh, good, good. You know, she understands that. Or if we hear um, something from her teachers that that, uh, you know, commending her for the way in which she carried on in uh, a class debate or a class discussion or what have you. And luckily, you know, there have been some circumstances where we have been able to get feedback, whether it was from a teacher or, you know, we happened to overhear a conversation or, or what have you. We've, we've kind of been excited by how much she has, um, has understood and um, and no doubt, I'm sure, you know, some of this is <laughs> I don't think I don't think we can as parents completely take credit for for all of it. Sometimes uh, our kids are just far more savvy uh, than us grownups. Um, and yeah, and I, I think uh, in, in many ways, especially if it's it's 
grownups that um, are not politically aware and are just trying to, you know, cover their eyes to, to everything that's going on. I think they're the ones that need to look to their children for um some education because often at times it's our it's the the students <laughs> it's the the children it's the teenagers it's the you know the college students that um, are more keyed in than the most ignorant within the mainstream mm-hmm. no no I, we got to look to our kids as the indicators Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, think, because, I think they get a lot because we i mean we, we can we can kind of like uh, forget that we're parents and um, we've got our own filters and we forget to really look and listen when it comes yes. to our own kids because our kids are they're they're absorbing the they're absorbing uh, the planet you know around yeah. them they're absorbing their community their neighborhood yes. around them and mm-hmm. and sometimes you know we don't we don't pick up those signs you know mm-hmm. and, but, we, but like but like you said maybe we need to take a we need to step back and just allow their inner wisdom to kind of kick in yes yes mm-hmm. you know yeah and hopefully that inner wisdom also reminds them to pick up their stuff in their bedroom <laughs> <laughs> good luck good luck absolutely yes <laughs> so when i yes. look when i look at a messy room i'm going yeah there's a lot of inner wisdom going on right, right now <laughs> Like, you yeah. need to ask your ancestors how to, how to deal with, with the garbage in your room. Oh, my God. Really? Does this plate still need to be here? <laughs> so that ancestral guidance. I know, to, I know to, we've to destroyed the planet. To move your hand toward the garbage can, toward, yeah, toward the dishes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Just everyday stuff. Yeah. Sometimes we need to, like, yeah, step back a little bit. It'll get done. Yeah, it'll get done. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Uh, and if it bothers you that much we'll just do it for him it would, it would just yeah oh, yeah it's, it's like oh i forgot oh i forgot and then the, yeah, yeah i know it's yeah it's, you... it's okay for okay. you i mean for yourself uh growing up in in, in both a filipino and a black household the, uh-huh. the, uh, is a lot of uh, your upbringing uh, like uh you know can, are you seeing flashbacks when you're raising your own kid who's also oh. has got four heritages going on uh, right right <laughs> <laughs> you know what um i think the flashbacks that I have of my own childhood as I'm raising, um, as my husband and I raise our daughter, mm-hmm. um, have a lot to do with play. Um, I know growing up, we I don't recall my parents having many conversations with me with regards to um, uh, my ethnic background, at least not explicitly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in a moment, I'll probably share a few examples of, of how that played out in more subtle ways. But I think what has um, what has really brought me back to my own childhood is the way in which my daughter and I play. Um, and, um, you know, having her on her scooter or taking walks around, you know, sometimes we'll walk around the Richmond Marina or we'll walk around the neighborhood. Um, you know, I, I was an only child and, um, my parents were 25 years apart and, um, I used to ride on my dad's back. My dad was really active well into his seventies. Um, so when I was born, he was 61 so, you know, by the time I was in elementary school, he was in his 70s, but he was in really good shape. So he was all jog, always jogging. And, you know, I would ride on his back while he would jog. And, you know, that that it was when he was taking care of himself, I he would bring me along for the ride. And this was 
without knowing it at the time, this was a bonding moment. This is me hanging out with dad and I have some of my best memories <laughs> just riding on his back. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, with my mom, it was um, us picking cans together in the park. Um, and, you know, it was we didn't have much money, but we were able to make a little bit extra on the weekends picking cans in the park. And um, and, you know, we would crack jokes or or in between, uh, you know, picnic areas, we would take a break and we would just roll down the hill together and we would both be all itchy, you know, <laughs> from, from rolling down the hill. But, you know, at that time, my mom was like in her late 40s, early 50s. And here she is with her with her kid rolling down a hill and both of us dizzy and itchy. But, you know, we we're having a good time. And and um, there was somebody who kind of tied it together for me a while back. I think it was while I was pregnant. It was a student of mine that was really excited for me. And he said, you know, you know, just remember all your kids want is just for you to be with them. You know, uh, don't feel like you have to do anything extra or super fancy or super expensive or whatever. They just want to be around you. And so I, I think that's something that I've held on, you know, that conversation that I had with the student, but then, you know, all those moments that I've shared with my parents um, prior to them passing. And then, you know, what all those memories mean to me as I'm, you know, um, being, being hanging out with my, with my daughter. And uh, we've always, you know, we've always had a really good time hanging out. Um, I think the one thing that, that I miss is our, our annual trip to LA, um, usually at the end of every school year, we would um, just pack our bags um, and have mommy and, and baby, um, you know, bonding time in LA. And we would go to the Santa Monica Pier and, you know, all these different restaurants and maybe hit a couple of amusement parks. And it was a chance for me to just, you know, say yes and not not be worried about, you know, any rules, uh, hard line rules, you know, being followed other than, you know, of course, things that would keep her safe. Um, but it was just an opportunity to have fun, laugh and enjoy each other's company. And uh, um, even though we weren't able to do that this year, we found alternatives. And I, I think that in the midst of COVID, in the midst of the fires and everything else, it's been a, a lesson in finding alternatives that still yield the same you know, bonding time. Um, so yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Now these are, these are, these are challenging times we get. I mean, the challenge is just being more creative. Um, yes. You know, because it feels like uh, we're in hiding. <laughs> you know? It does. Like the, yeah. You got to figure out a fun way, uh, you know, to, uh, just to stay positive and also still be creative. Because yes. I, I just imagine, you know, just like, like in World War II when you had literally families that were hiding for years. Yes. Mm -hmm. And how did they keep it together? And, um, I mean, if they could, I mean, and, and, and that was the worst of times, you know, literally. But uh, a lot of us, um, we do have more of the more freedoms to be a little more creative, even though these are hard times. And um, all we got to do is just wear a mask and stay away from each other for, you know, <laughs> until until the vaccine kicks in, you know. Right. And we don't yes. even have the vaccine yet, but, you know, it, it is it is utmost priority to just keep our kids protected and, and our right. old, old folks protected, too. Yes, yes. And, 
doesn't it feel like I'm sorry to interrupt, but doesn't it feel oh, like no. doesn't it feel like we're totally on on pause? Like there's a like a big pause button was hit, even though we're still kind of moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I feel I feel like in in March, and I I think well for us it was March 13 when, uh, when we had our official shelter in place. Was that around the same time? Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys had it too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I felt like beginning around March 13th and maybe three weeks after that, I felt like the pause button was, was pressed and, and I felt like the, the whole world stopped together and everyone was far more forgiving of each other that everything I'm thinking, especially in terms of work, you know, everything was was awkward to everyone. Work and school, work, we had to shift everything online. School, we had to shift everything online. It was new to a lot of folks other than the folks that had been doing this for a few years. You know, um, anyway, they already knew what to do as far as Zoom. But for some of us, it was super new. And I, what was nice is I felt like people, because everything was so new and because there was like no no Clorox wipes at the stores and no toilet paper or whatnot. I felt like there was a certain level of extra kindness that was being, you know, practiced at least for that brief window. And then like, <laughs> as we, I think around early April and then into May, I felt it all change, especially like around, I think it was, what is it? Memorial day when everybody started hitting the beaches and then everybody, well, not everybody, you know, there were, there were white supremacist groups that were marching to our capital in Sacramento and, you know, not wanting to wear masks and, mm -hmm. you know, all yeah, those sorts demanding of everything opens back up again, you know, just to right, right. make it normal yeah. again. It's like, wow. Things, like, is, yeah. What, what yeah. dream are you guys living in? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and there's, that's, there's no more normal. Right There's now. no more normal. This is, yeah. And, you know, and as much as I hesitate to say, oh, you know, this is the new normal or whatever, I most certainly I, 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 I uh, know we have to adjust and we are adjusting. Um, but I, I just, I think one of the things that I feel right now is like, like the pause button, you know, when you press a pause button on one of those old stereos and it, it goes all the way down and it locks. Right. <laughs> I feel like the pause button has been pushed, but it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's been pushed, but only certain things have paused and other things are going full force. And because um, I like one example, I remember people really taking into consideration the impact that um, being online has on a person and, and trying to avoid having these, you know, if we had an hour or an hour and a half meeting in person, reducing it to just maybe 30 minutes online because we knew, you know, just that screen time can kind of make you loony. Um, now in the fall, I, I'm having these two hour long meetings via Zoom, like, wait, what happened to the, mm -hmm. <laughs> what happened to the 30, 40 minutes? What happened to the consideration around, you know, the, the impact that screen time has on us? We're where, gonna, where did that go? Yeah, we're just going to have to use those mission impossible loop tapes of ourselves, you know, like a loop footage of you paying attention. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. My daughter has talked about how some of her classmates have figured that out already. Wow. They, they, yeah. It's really? hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm app like, is this and how much is it? I know. <laughs> wow, these kids, these kids. 
And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a trip just, um, you know, I think I'll say it like on a personal level, I've, I've, I've learned, even though a lot of things have sped up, um, in let's say my work life and what have you, there is a huge part of me that's still holding on to that pause button that worked back in March. Um, because that I, I grew so much from March to August um, and I, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I don't, how do I express it? I'm really happy with that, that growth that I've experienced in those, those few months. Um, I think because I, even because everything had shifted to being online and because things were slowing down, you know, in stores and whatnot, I was able to turn inward. Um, and I'm, I'm in general, I'm more comfortable. I, I kind of consider myself a, an introvert with extrovert skills, but I'm most at home with my introvert side. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I can slow down and, and pay attention to what's going on inside and pay attention to, you know, my, my surroundings, I, I always feel a whole lot healthier and a whole lot, uh, you know, clearer. Oh yeah. And, um, and it's, you know, I learned a lot about myself because I was putting myself in different environments that were totally different from uh, my everyday routine, you know? So I share with you already the parkour thing. And, you know, even though, you know, we're not doing that in the gym, the gym of course is closed, but, you know, shifting to online classes and, and, you know, practicing the moves in my living room Mm -hmm. and still, you know, developing those skills in that way. You know, I've taken up uh, painting miniatures, which was, you know, it's not something that I was terribly into at all um, prior to the pandemic. Um, And that I discovered was a good way for me to, you know, it was a meditative practice that I didn't realize would be, you know, meditative for me. And um, and I, I was sharing with a friend and I don't know if I told you about this, about this donut making workshop. Did I tell you? I don't no. I don't know if I it ever came up. No. Um <laughs> Donuts. There was the donuts. Donuts. Pandemic the, donuts. The the, the revelation uh, in the donuts. Uh, <laughs> what happened? So last December, um, my family and I, I went to uh, London for the first time together. Um and uh, we went to this donut spot spot called Bread Ahead, and it was just the best donuts ever. We really enjoyed it, and uh, you know, ever ever since we'd been daydreaming about how good those donuts were. Well, um, Sean had found on Instagram um, that that um, Bread Ahead was doing these you know workshops just on Instagram Live and and whatever, and so I checked it out, and then I you know messed around looking at their their website and turned out they also had these zoom classes and um and one of them was a donut making workshop and i figured oh you know what the hell i'll sign up it was like a 25 pounds so it was the equivalent of like 31 dollars or something for a two-hour workshop i was like okay it sounds like a good deal um and so i did it and you know i was on the call with 114 other people worldwide who had a common love for these bread ahead donuts and i you know rex i'm i'm not you know i can bake some simple things i'm not a, i'm not a donut 
making person. Mm -hmm. It's not, it was, you know, quite daunting, just the idea, but it was something new. And, um, you know, I was on the phone with a friend uh, who also signed up for the workshop. And it was a nice opportunity to just take a, a simple risk that, you know, no, no lives at stake, just a simple low stakes risk <laughs> to just do something, yeah. you know, simple and new yeah. and not political, no identity politics nothing, at all. No, yeah, yeah. It was not political. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, and I was able to mess up and I, and be okay with messing up. I think I, something I've always known about myself is that I'm, 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 quite the perfectionist and, uh, you know, to a fault. I think it served me well in, in, in many ways. And then in, in, in some areas it's, it's, uh, made me ill <laughs> and, and has stressed me out. And so, um, it was a nice opportunity to, you know, mess up on a few things and look at it and, and, and say, you know what, that's all right. You know, I, I would, I had a chance to laugh at myself. And I think that's a, a thing that I learned from parkour too, that, you know, had I not engaged in these, you know, these, these, these activities that kind of broke away from my everyday routine, I wouldn't have been able to see like some of the habits that I have accumulated over the years and realize, whoa, where did that come from? Why do I do that? That's not good. Or, okay, I see it. It may not be good. I'm not going to beat myself up about it, but you know, for my own health, let's let's switch this up something else something something else uh a little bit healthier needs to happen here mm -hmm. and so um those are among the things that i've i've learned um during during the pandemic no, um, well parkour definitely uh, uh says that if you're gonna leap you better learn how to crash right uh, yes yes there were <laughs> and they and they teach you well you know in okay. terms of you know they've, they've taught me i've you know much much respect for all the um, coaches there at Squadron. Um, they are really good at at teaching progressions. They and they're really good at teaching certain moves um, and making sure that that safety is a priority. Yeah. And you know, and and I think you know what I learned in in the midst of all those things is is self forgiveness. That when you crash, when you fall, it's just like that's part of the process. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's so. all right. And then you learn how to fall better. Yes. You know, yeah. you know, you're going to yeah. fall right, right in the act of falling. You, you know how you want to fall. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But I, it is all about taking that leap right now. And a lot of people are kind of um, hesitant about taking leaps, especially during this time. But yes. No better time than now, actually, to take some leaps. You know, I, I agree. And I think something that has been really apparent to me, you know, I've been one. You know, I've, I've in my life, I've, I've had my shares of taking leaps and being cautious. And what I've learned, um, you know, is how sometimes being too cautious, we can end up hurting ourselves more mm -hmm. <laughs> than just making a move. Mm -hmm. and, and and I've noticed that like in a literal sense, when I'm in the gym, if I if my fear kind of gets the best of me, that caution it, and it, it it ends up turning into something else and I stop mid move, I could potentially hurt myself. Exactly. Um, and so that has been another tripped out thing to, to learn like, Oh, okay. I got it. And they're just, it spills over into so many <laughs> other areas of my life. Okay, okay, I know. Okay, no, okay, I, should, I got it. Should definitely put you into like a, uh, like an intro judo class. 
Right, right. You know, because <laughs> you know you're going to get thrown in in the yeah. middle of the throw. You know you're going to hit the ground hard, and it's uh, a matter uh, of just how you want to meet the ground. And, how you want, yeah, exactly. You know, because and you can how either you disperse yeah, the energy. Exactly, you can you can uh -huh. either get hurt and or you can you could spread it out. Yes. And yes. not be just so messed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dis mm -hmm. Distribution of that force. Yes. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people pop yeah, a lot of people are really frightened about taking the leap. They're just waiting for their past experiences to just regenerate and come back to normal. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. You know, I mean if you have something definitely waiting for you that Right. But for right now, I we I there is no definition for normal anymore. Mm -mm. No, and I, yeah, and I wasn't too crazy about the normal that was there. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Right before the pandemic. Yeah, and you know, for me, it's like, oh, God, the pressure of just being on the road, trying to make people laugh and getting gigs. It's like, it's now yeah. kind of like a, it's it's a major weight off my chest. Yeah. Like, you know what, right now, we're all in the same boat. No one, mm -hmm. no one is touring. No one is filling up arenas. Yeah. You know, yeah. and clubs are kind of iffy to go to. And, and um, yeah. you know, you can't really be inside with other strangers because you don't know what they're bringing into that enclosure. That's true. And That's true. No matter if you're wearing a mask or what, even being right, right. Yeah. So the art form is, is kind of like on pause. It, it really yeah. is difficult to bring people outside to a parking lot in their cars and performing to them in their cars. Right. Oh my God. It's, uh, <laughs> you've it's, just it's killed so... the art form. Like, do, like, do we exactly. really need to perform people parked in cars? I, uh, have, I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by other like creators that are toying around with finding new sets of skills to, to, to put under their belt. And, um, you know, I know for me personally, it's been, you know, learning how to do um, online instruction. And um, in, in the, the next few months, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, offering a, a particular um, course um, that'll focus on racial battle fatigue. And so as I'm gaining the skills from a couple of different sources right now, um, I've, I've been really excited to, to, um, to, to shift what I've been doing in the classroom to making it come alive, you know, on screen. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's, uh, it's definitely scary, but, you know, I'm excited uh, about, you know, learning these new skills. Um, and, you know, kind of like, you know, what I learned through the, the donut making workshop is that the, you know, the, this becomes an exciting time to realize and I, and I may very well be late to the game. I know quite a few people had learned this prior to the pandemic, but, you know, realize how our global network is expanding, you know, because of, you know, um, Zoom and Google Meet and, you know, all these various platforms that can connect us worldwide that um, I don't have to only be in one place to connect with a group of people. I can, you know, get on a screen and be connected to people worldwide. And that kind of blows my mind when I sit and think about it, that, that, that it didn't occur to me, to be honest, it really didn't occur to me how possible that was until that donut making workshop. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no. So rewind it, rewind this. So racial yeah. battle fatigue. Did you, oh, is that yeah. what is, what is this? 
Yeah, you know, it is a term that was coined by William A. Smith back in 2003 um, that is basically, it describes the physiological um, and uh, um, psychological impact that racism-related stress has on, on the body. Yeah. So like when when a person is subjected to enough racism related stress, um, it impacts their sleep, it impacts their, you know, how their their brain works, you know, being hyper vigilant and all that, all those sorts of things. Um, it, you know, uh, it, it impacts our, our heart. So one may have heart palpitations, it can turn into high blood pressure, depression, you know, all these sorts of things. And um it's I, I don't think enough folks realize what kind of um, health implications are out there when it comes to um, racial trauma um, that when people of color um, experience racial trauma, it comes out in our body. <laughs> you know, it comes out in in our mental health. Um, and you know, my hope it, and actually I'll back up a bit. Um, the reason why I became interested in this it had a lot to do with, you know, my experience around um, racism related stress and, you know, ending up in the ER um, two times in the last four years and um, and kind of denying, you know, even that that first time that um, I realized I had to go. You know, I remember being on the phone with um, the folks um, at Kaiser and I explained to them what my symptoms were and and. Um, they said, oh, you know, you, you, you need to, you need to come to the ER right now. I said, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. I, you know, maybe I'll just see how I feel and, 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 uh, it'll get better. And I called maybe a few hours later, I called a different Kaiser and I explained to them the same symptoms and, uh, and they said, yes, you need to admit yourself into the, uh, to the ER. And I said, oh, you know, that's what the other... <laughs> <laughs> That's what the other folks at the other ER said. And, um, but, you know, I don't know if it's really that bad. And the person that I spoke to said something to the effect of, well, you know, if somebody else said this to you earlier and you're choosing not to go, you do realize that you're refusing care, right? And when she put it in those terms, I said, oh, my God, let me take my ass over to, to the ER. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I did. And I was okay. You know, uh, they ran all these tests, blood pressure, took a look at my organs and, you know, EKG, everything. And everything came out fine. And then I had a nice conversation with one of the doctors. And I said, hey, you know, I'm happy that all of this worked out. And, you know, my tests all came out normal. Um, but, you know, what, what could I attribute all this you know, stuff going on in my body, these pains and, you know, heart beating fast and shortness of breath and all this, you know, what can I attribute all this to? And he looked at me and he said, so how's work? And I wept, <laughs> Rex, I wept. Mm. And, and, uh, that was my answer. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a, and, lot of, a lot of stuff going down in, in the yeah. workplace and amongst your peers and just how you're being treated. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and right now I probably won't go into too much detail, you know, it was yeah. that, that and um, that and uh, a lot of the things that my daughter was going through 
when it came to her school experience mm -hmm. and um, defending her against teachers and administrators who really had no clue when it came to race. I mean, that was also a factor as well. Not perhaps not as much. Hmm, yeah, partially that first visit, but most certainly the second visit as well um, to the ER. Um, but yeah, I think it was a combination of, of you know, dealing with this, you know, racism related stress in so many different areas of my life. Um, yeah, but pri primarily I, I, a, a huge source was the workplace. Wow. So there is a there is a direct correlation between just like, uh, you know, uh, the racism, uh, systematic racism and micro microaggressions towards people yeah. of color. Yes. And no, yes. And no matter what, uh, what uh, uh, I guess professional status you're in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you know, I was just having the conversation with one of my two of my classes last week, um, about you know microaggressions and um, you know, we went through all the different definitions of you know racism, the microaggressions, and you know prejudice and systematic you know, everything. And um, we talked about this intimate connection um, between those who choose to work on their um, unconscious biases and those who don't. <laughs> and so, you know, we talked about you know, the necessity for each and every single person to, you know, take those unconscious biases and bring them to the level of consciousness so that they can take a good look at them and work on them. Um, because if they don't, they can very well turn into these microaggressions that impact folks that are on the, you know, we were talking about the, those communities that are on the marginalized column, if you will, depending on the system of oppression that we're looking at. And, you know, for those that might be in the privilege or the dominant column when it comes to a particular system of oppression, you know, if we don't work on those those biases, they turn into the microaggressions that adversely, and I'm using, I'm being very, very formal here, <laughs> adversely, you know, impact those on the marginalized side. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I, I, I don't like thinking about that intimate connection, <laughs> to be honest, as, as real as it is. You know, I don't like thinking about the fact that, you know, my family and I can um, be impacted by the choices that white folks do or do not make to take a look at their unconscious or conscious biases. Um, and yet that is such a reality um in any case yeah we were we were talking about those sorts of things and you know um my, you know, i i think of myself i think of my husband i think of my daughter and you know kind of the the bs we had to deal with and it's all because of folks being stupid mm -hmm. yeah, um not working and, like you said not, not working right. under biases because maybe exactly. maybe that takes too much work yeah. Maybe they yeah. like like how the system treats them. Exactly. If you don't do if you don't participate in any of the change, you know, then it stays right. the same. Right. And and the thing is, um yeah, I, I I'm right there with you. I think that's what has kept people from 
making any sort of change because it has been too much work for them. And why do the work if you're benefiting from the system Um, or if it's not hurting you and you don't feel the pain? And the thing, you know, the nice and I say that in quotes, uh, the nice thing about, you know, what's going on right now is that people are realizing um, more and more white folks, I think, are realizing that what happens when you don't do your work. I think people were really lazy, you know, <laughs> starting after, you know, after the 60s, you know, you have people say, oh, you know, all these great, you know, forms of legislation have been put in place. We don't have to do the work anymore. You don't have well, look, to, look, yeah, exactly. Look, yeah, look, look what happens <laughs> in those, those decades in between 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s, now we're, <laughs> now yeah. we're in 2020. Yeah. Look at how many decades have passed of people, you know, maybe pockets doing their work, but not en masse. And when we don't have people, you know, if we don't have the majority doing their work to make sure white supremacists do not, you know, rear their ugly heads again, well, guess what? They rear their ugly heads again, and here they are. Yeah, they do. They do rear their mm-hmm. ugly heads again. They're just waiting for someone... You know, dumb enough to kind of open the doors for them. And, yeah, yeah. And that's what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yes, the work has been done already. Stop complaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. How many Spike Lee movies need to be released? Tell him right. to stop. <laughs> Tell them to stop. <laughs> we did the right thing. We've done it. <laughs> Like, I've always been amazed by those people that complained about, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the work's the, not the, done. It hardly even yeah. started. It, mm-hmm. you know, it's not yeah. done yet. This is a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. and um, and it won't, um, you know, I, 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 there's a part of me that something that I, I'd always shared, even with my high school students back in the day, like. You know, we may not see the change that we're looking for in our lifetime, but, you know, with the small things that we do, we'll at least make a dent in it. And, you know, one of my um, uh, mentors um, uh, several years back used to say, and his is uh, back then I knew him as um, uh, Elias uh, Ferjaje Jones. Um, he used to talk about uh, how you know, what took centuries to build would take um, centuries to undo. And, um, and I've held on to that. Um, And yet, at the same time, when I've had colleagues or friends of mine, you know, especially now, try to, you know, say things like, oh, you know, well, these things take time. Um, It does not, they don't bring me any solace when they say things like that. Because we've seen for decades um what inaction has done in the face of you know this blatant anti-blackness so now is not the time to say you know it takes time um now is the time to say okay we've had the solutions for a while let's just do it (laughs) Mm -hmm. let's just make those changes and you know i have been strengthened by saying you know quite a few institutions um, albeit some, you know, a bit clumsy, but uh, quite a few institutions, whether it be educational institutions or all the way to like, you know, accounting firms, 
taking seriously the work of equity and equity and inclusivity in their uh, respective spaces. And so um, I hope that that continues and I hope that it doesn't become just something that's merely symbolic, but that, but is, you know, transformative. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but you got to take a breath each day. You do. Oh, yes. Just yeah, really, you do. You have to take it in and That's let it out. That's so true. That's so true. Oh, God. Yeah. But seriously, you know, yeah I, yeah, I don't know how they expect us to always be resilient so they could tell our stories in a film years later. <laughs> like uh-huh. How strong we were under uh-huh. all that oppression, under uh, all yeah. that under the breath racism. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then the microaggressions become macro and just like straight up in your face aggressions. Like, yes, uh, yes, yeah. Geez, we're yeah. so resilient. <laughs> I, I know. And see, and that that's something that I've been learning a lot about, you know, in, in, in the process of doing this work around this uh, research around uh, racial battle fatigue that, you know, the ones... You know, I, the, the ones that are, even the ones that are really good at confronting racist, you know, the most racist, you know, interactions, their, their health is being impacted too. And I, I don't think that was altogether clear to me. I think there was a part of me that perceived like my ER visit and, you know, my, inability to to sleep well i think i there was a part of me that perceived myself as weak or not so good at fighting the daily fight and that's why it was impacting my health and i i, I realize now how screwed up but not, not screwed up i you know that how flawed i think that idea is too that you know, as I meet and have deep conversations with people who I've always respected for being really quick at the mouth and good at fighting, you know, uh, you know, good at, at confronting folks when it comes to their racist stuff that they say and do, that that it's impacting their health too, yeah. you know, and and that, you know, it 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 it's all of it across the board scares me, but I think there's something that really really rattles me about that idea when i look at the people i know and love that that i've always seen as super strong super resilient they don't get bothered by this stuff they just boom 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 they always you know they know what to say and how to say it and they're concise and all these sorts of things you know when i hear about them you know just a couple years later getting cancer when i hear about them you know oh i hear that they're on high blood medication you know, um, or suffering uh, depression or suffer, or oh, yeah, or suffering depression, face or dealing with addiction, oh, God. addiction. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's the people that know how to, you know, that, that are real upbeat and, you know, are always cracking the jokes and always this and that, that once you peel away the layers and find out sometimes by accident, what else is going on? You're like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Wait, that something, you know, there's something that 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 has to change. And, you know, and I just, um, you know, I, I, I don't uh, personally, I just feel like um, I, you know, I'm 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 47 um, and, and I feel really good um, and I'm embracing life. 
and I want to continue to embrace life and not have to wait until I'm 65 before I can live a relatively work-free life. You know, there's there's a lot that I, I I'm I'm really big on um, having the 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 play to work ratio feel just right. <laughs> And, you know, where and I, 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 I don't like it when, you know, I feel so constricted by my daily work that I can't have some kind of leisure time to allow my my mind and heart and soul to rest. And and now I've been able to feel the difference. I think thanks to being having the shelter in place that I'm like, oh, okay. The, the the play to work ratio is right on point. I like this. This feels good in my body. And, you know, and it's not a matter of, you know, I, I think I, I, I share that message to folks that work too much. You know, if, if it comes to folks that, you know, haven't really worked very hard in their lives, I think they need another message <laughs> when it comes to responsibility and, and the discipline that one can learn from daily work. But if you are a little too disciplined and you work too much and your whole identity is tied to your work, um, it is important to find a balance um, and, you know, balance between work and play. And I would, I would like to say not even just a balance, shoot more play than work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, more play than work. We're social creatures. We still, you know, we have to, we have to, yeah. we have to play. We have to, we have to, yeah. And there's so much wisdom in it. Mm-hmm. There's so much wisdom in that, in that play. And um, yeah, and I, and, and that's something I think my daughter has taught me um, as well, that I, I, I don't know what my life would, would have been like if I didn't have a, a child, but, you know, just watching her throughout these years and the way she plays the way she surrenders i think that was part of the reason why i got into parkour as well i was just like you know this is that and many other things that there's a certain freedom in the way in which children play i'm like i'm jealous what is that i don't remember that That, well we've been taught to forget it yeah you know we've been yeah we've been reminded we're not kids anymore Uh uh-huh yeah. And and and, yeah. and where are those people now? <laughs> they're right. they're they yeah. probably the worst uh, worst health ever, you know. Yes. Really the worst state of mind because they they gave up on the, you know, they gave up on uh, on the aspect that yeah, we're still we're still kids. You know? Yeah. We're still kids inside even though we you know we have we got to we got to do grown-up things. But still mm-hmm. it's just that that having that kid that kid inside uh, keeps you keeps you I, I guess that's part of the resilience mm-hmm. yeah that I think, resilience mm-hmm. it keeps us uh keeps us strong keeps us resilient um keeps us young uh-huh. i think it keeps us young yeah 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 and having a good sense of humor you got yes <laughs> you, you know really you have to you have to laugh at yourself and if you can't mm-hmm. if you can't laugh at yourself make fun of others i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> I'm just playing. Please don't do that. I'm gonna I'm try that right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like I haven't tried that. Exactly. You know, no, just, no. just do it quietly in secret. But just, yeah, yeah. And don't put it on your IG. Don't put, don't post it online. Right, right. <laughs> 
man. You gotta laugh yeah. seriously. I mean, if you, you can't, have to. if you can't laugh during this pandemic, you know, with the state of things in this country, I know as hard as it is and awful yes, as it yes. is, like wow, like why that's something to worry about. It really mm. is. Yeah, I think so. You, I think so. You gotta laugh. Some something you gotta find something that makes you genuinely laugh. I mean, like, mm -hmm. like you know, like happiness laugh, like good, like innocent laughter. Like, yeah, like you're not laughing deep, at someone else's pain or your own pain. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Just good like laugh. those deep belly laughs. Yeah. That, that you How about a, yeah, or just a giggle. You know, uh -huh. yeah. I I worry about small. you if you cannot giggle. If you haven't uh, yeah. had a good giggle, ah, boy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We got to do it's an like, intervention. Right. <laughs> exactly. We got to do an it's intervention. Like, what happened to you? Like, what? Oh my God! You're you're not giggling anymore. Like, uh -huh. like yeah. You know when people yeah. start correcting your puns. Oh. God. <laughs> no, that's scary. Oh, is, I uh, hate that. Yeah, come I, on. I can't, it's a I, pun. Let it yeah, be. Right, I can't be around people like that. They drive me crazy. <laughs> they drive me crazy. They don't, and I yeah, just, they don't get sarcasm. Oh, oh, you no. were being funny. Oh boy. It's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I can't. I have to. I mean, I'm so. I mean, you you know you know our family. I mean, you've been friends with Sean for a minute, and yeah. you know we've been friends for a minute, and and you know our our household, we're just. You know we're goofy, and you know I'm I'm, and then our daughter, our daughter is goofy, and we we laugh, and we're all you know we're all of course you know critically minded, et, mm -hmm. et cetera, but we're also, um, you know we 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 laugh, we have the ability to joke around, you know, with each other, and and without that, um, the the I think it would feel like the world, um, is collapsed. Well, I right. think yeah. in a lot of ways the world is collapsing yeah, in on but, itself, but yeah. I but I think we still feel a sense of power to uh, we still feel a sense of uh, self-efficacy. Yeah. That's what I want to say, yeah. that we don't feel like completely like powerless mm -hmm. um, that. And I think that's I think that's something that I think laughter has plays a role in one's ability to 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 see um like the ridiculousness of things and and um kind of like put a flashlight on the ridiculousness of 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 the the lies that people embrace and then figure out oh okay so what 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 how what what can change what what how can this be changed i think that's you know in my opinion i think that's been like the power of 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 humor and i think that's the power that you bring you know to your um entire career you know as a comedian that i mean you really flash the 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 you know um spotlight on these serious injustices um in a way that like like you know it 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 opens people you open people up with with um your humor and then you you hit them in the gut with the with the seriousness and in which when people are in that kind of, you know, vulnerable, vulnerable state, they're just like, Oh shoot. I didn't realize I was going to learn something right now, but I just did, you know? Yeah. But now, uh, now the backlash is Rex, you're too political. Oh, <laughs> really? You need you to, getting? you, you need to keep that to yourself. <laughs> you're in, back, you're go, influencing go to too much. Oh, wow. Like what? Go really? Back. Go back to being that funny guy. I what know. To just, that funny guy? just tell jokes. Make me laugh. 
Make me laugh. <laughs> really? I can't make that, I can't make it that, think and laugh. At the, no. Is that what you're getting now? Yeah, totally. Like, oh, uh, oh yeah. Wow. You know, just posting stuff on social media, and you, know, you get the you get pushback from total strangers who are happen to be Filipino American, and you know, and I and I, and I do I'm, I I invite discourse. But yeah. When they get like like no, you know that they they demand that I take a a non-active role in wow. in our community in our movements of you know of of things and and always just want to get better country you know uh-huh. and uh, being critical of a uh, uh, orange man at the white house um they don't like that they they feel wow. like it's a personal attack that uh, you know that hey <laughs> we hey we you know that their mouth they they've got me in their crosshairs like seriously guys you know this no. is this is a sign of a of a great republic of a of a democracy that works mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. res, you know just recognize what i what i you know where i'm coming from you don't have to respect it but recognize yeah. it you know and don't de- make right. don't make demands of me or anyone else who don't agree with you right and just just because i happen to be an artist uh, you know yeah, you you got to know my work from the beginning. It's always that, been like I, that. It's always that, been like that, guys. That's what I was like, about to say. Why too. are you like, surprised? I know. I was like, have they not been paying attention uh, to all of your, your your body of work? I after think they've all these been decades? they've been used to uh, a certain kind of Filipino American comic. You know, sorry, uh, 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 no, I'm I, I'm not I, that kind. I, I'm not that kind. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't I be mean, that kind of I. I'm a comic, not a clown. You want a clown? Go to the circus. You know. Right. Right. You know? And I think that you know those are the folks that have really ignored like the the major comedians of our time. Yeah. That they've always been really keen on you know critiquing social ills. Yeah. Um. That that's never you know. <laughs> That shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. But nonetheless, it is to quite a few folks because, like, I mean, like you said, they just they just want they just want you to make them laugh. Yeah. But I know that's yeah. you know what yeah. I like again going into this going into the, you can't make everybody happy, and apparently you can't uh, you can't um, make them make them not angry at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've I've like lately I've just learned to just uh, bite my tongue. And not be so nasty in my response, and just turned into, um, and, and I just turned into a sarcastic, uh, you know, I, I I just I just turned to sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. because they're coming they're coming at me, you know, from a total unreal space. I'm only gonna give them something ridiculous. That's it. Because it makes me feel better, too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because, yeah, because, you know, I understand when, you know, backing up to uh, what you were talking about before, you know, people who've always been in defense and the front line and defending uh, against oppression, they, you know, they don't they don't fare well in terms of health. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know what? I, I just hated the stress. I hated just, uh, you know, being angry, sitting with the anger. And you know mm-hmm. what? I'll give them ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you know what, you're giving me nothing but nonsense right now. Let me give you a double helping of that. <laughs> you're just basically reflecting it back. Exactly. You're holding, this holding a mirror. Like, wait a minute. This is my skill. This is yeah. what I've been trained to do. Let me uh-huh. just throw it back at you. And they don't know what to do with it because you know, 
like it's me. <laughs> they just they, they try to get worse. They and like sorry, I'll get even more ridiculous. See, you know? and that's the <laughs> the one thing folks need to always remember is to not mess with a comedian. I mean, if you don't have the skill to battle a comedian, Mm-mm. you really should just keep your mouth shut because the the comedian knows how to roast. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and and doesn't lose energy. <laughs> that's 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 something that I've always admired about you. I've admired about my husband. I'm just like, where's your energy come from? You just you can't you can't mess with people who have you know a, who are quick at the mouth, who have that quick wit. Mm-hmm. You 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 really you really shouldn't. You should just probably nod your head yeah. and listen. Just, go yeah, okay. Said, I messed up. <laughs> I'm going to stay in my lane. Right, right. I'm just going to merge <laughs> over to the right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you should have stayed in your lane to begin with. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we are trained to do this. We're deadly, you know? Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's, uh-huh. You know, I mean, I don't want to humble brag, but yeah, we we are trained. Those are our yeah. skill sets. Yeah. But we are yeah. some of the most amazing people, you know, to, yes. to, to have conversations with. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll always agree to disagree, but don't mm-hmm. get nasty because I'll get, because no. I'll get, I'll get all sarcastic and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take, and I love that. I invite it. You know. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, and I, you know, I, I like to attest that to the Filipino side and, and, and a lot of us. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, because I think that's the that's one of the main main attributes of our people is always yes. having that that yes. ability to laugh in the middle mm-hmm. of, of of chaos. Yes. Right in the yes. middle of literal yes. gunfire bullet everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Buildings falling all around you, but we'll still find a way to smile through it and get through. Yes. You know? Yeah. No matter and how I... ridiculous or horrible it is, we will push through. I mean, really. Yes. I, there's yes. nothing more dangerous than a whole bunch of smiling Filipinos. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. You, you should, should worry. worry. Be- Some here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I I look I mean back in grad school, I I became really fond of of tricksters. Um tricksters in our mythologies on the Filipino side mm. and um the African side, particularly West African. And um on the Filipino side, um I became really interested in like trickster figures uh like Balandok um the the mouse deer and and the some of the the stories were just hilarious to me you know you got this mouse deer that you know is trying to get across the river to get some mango mangoes out of a tree and all these you know crocodiles are in the water and you know without missing a beat he doesn't see it as like an as an impossible situation he's just like i'm going to step over <laughs> you know i'm going to step on the backs of these crocodiles and make my way across the river. But not only that, I'm going to get the crocodiles to line themselves up and count themselves, you know, for me. So the crocodiles, he <laughs> he gets them to, to count how many they there are in the water. And as they're counting, he's stepping on their backs to get to the other side of the river. And I'm just, I'm cracking up because, you know, here's this little mouse deer uh, who sees a situation that is, you know, incredibly dangerous and just use, uses the denseness of the crocodiles against them, mm. you know? And I just thought, man, I just think of, you know, how Filipino that is. I mean, just like the the, the cunningness, the, um, the wit of it, and, you know, just um, not taking no for an answer. And I think of my mother, 
who, you know, who I remember, um, <laughs> there are many instances, but, you know, she was one of those women who didn't take no for an answer, Cebuana. And, you know, even when it came to going into the drugstore to get a, pa a six pack, it was on sale, six pack of Sunkiss orange drink. And, you know, she had the coupon and, and she was trying to find the, the, the drinks and the, um, she couldn't find them and then asked a clerk um, if they had any extra and, and the clerk was nasty with her and told her, what you see is what you get. And my mom lit him up. <laughs> and, and, you know, he went into the back and looked. Lo and behold, there was some sun-kissed <laughs> sun drinks back there. And he brought them out. But she, she, I mean, one, you know, if something is supposed to be there, she's going to, you know, search and search and try to see if it indeed, you know, if if it's available elsewhere. But if somebody also comes to her rude, she's not going to take that laying down. And I think that that is a really important you know, um, attribute of, of, of Filipino, um, people of Filipino women of Cebuana women. Um, and I, you know, I, I come from a long line of, of strong, um, Cebuanas and, um, that's something that I really, that's one of the sources of strength that I draw from. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, no, a lot of, a, a lot of, a, a lot of folks need to, to know that lineage is important ancestors are important yeah you know yes. because you know sometimes um if you feel like uh there is nowhere to tap into like in today's age yeah sometimes you gotta tap into you know the past into you know into the supernatural yeah absolutely because absolutely. they're there they've always been there and then you know mm -hmm. if there's never an answer maybe that is the answer something yeah. you cannot explain and then it's that that might be it yeah, then that might be a, something yes. you cannot explain in Western ways. Yes. Yes. And um, it's a real, like, after my parents died, I, I felt like I was like set adrift and I was floating and had no real anchor because like the very, you know, kind of like the lifelines to my history were gone. I couldn't like ask them questions and so I was constantly trying to find my anchor and, you know, and I think I still in many ways still trying to, to, um, find that anchor, but, you know, I have far more, uh, anchors than I did, you know, getting started on the, on the journey, or at least I've, I've, I've reconnected with them. And, you know, it, when you talk about the answers lying in our ancestry, I think there's so there's so much wisdom in that, that sometimes, you know, those, those, those moments in our lives where we just feel so utterly like hopeless and confused and, you know, lost, the, those are like the opportunities to open ourselves up and just <laughs> open our arms up to the sky and say, I'm, I'm, I'm available, you know, what, you know, what answers are there out there that I cannot see right now? You know, I, I would like to welcome <laughs> that wisdom. And I, I think there, 
even if we may not even know how what kind of words to wrap around our prayer or to wrap around our our our, our question to the divine just sometimes that gesture of opening ourselves up and saying you know i'm here i'm open um <laughs> sometimes it's you know give me a sign or help me to recognize a sign i but in any case i'm uh, i i i hear you yeah. it's it's yeah. Um, i'm right there with you in in terms of those answers lying with the divine yep totally and and you know we got to use this time to you know, kind of like uh, keep our eyes out for folks who c- kind of need those answers right now. And, uh, yes. you know, I mean, the community, the good thing about this, this craziness right now is like the uh, the community. I mean, there, our allyship is getting tighter. And uh, yes. And I yes. think and I think people are, are taking the, the more scary approach and asking for help. And, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because we know that, the you know, we've got help. We, we, we have we've got help to give and. There are definitely folks out there that really need it. So, and I'm glad yes. they're they're kind of like, yeah, yeah. This is it. what have, what have we got to lose? Really, seriously, what do we have to lose right now? Right, right. You know? Yeah, and you know how um, earlier we we're talking about you know the the Trump supporters in our midst within the Philam community, and you know I've also been really you know heartened by the systematic way in which Filipino Americans have been uh, educating members of their family or some of their co-workers within the Filipino community around confronting uh, anti-blackness. Um, and and so, you know, I was really fortunate to be a part of a couple of really awesome um, uh, virtual symposiums and panels uh, over the summer um, that really worked hard to um, make this happen and you know whether it's philam arts out of la or the that long buck sock event um here in the bay um i've been very um humbled and encouraged um about that work to have um inter-ethnic um solidarity uh, between filipinos um and african-americans and um you know, the, the movement amongst Filipino Americans to um, confront the anti-blackness that's going on um, throughout our country. Mm-hmm. And that anti-blackness is directly, you know, connected to our internalized, you know, colonialism. Uh, yes. And, um, you know, the the higher praise of whiteness. And yes. It's very complicated, but wow. Yes. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's needing to happen right now. Right now, yes, you absolutely. Know. I mean, these absolutely. are these are great conversations that are happening now that you know really weren't happening decades ago. You know, when when we were in college, when we were students, yeah, it was it was kind of like uh yeah, it happens, but eh, there's nothing nothing below the surface. No, there mm-hmm. truly is so much below the surface, and you know, I'm glad that this next generation is really you know taking hold of that and, and putting that on the table finally yes 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 and making it a priority mm-hmm. because it, yep. then we know our place in this country mm-hmm. <laughs> we really <laughs> know our place because this country is based on exactly all of that mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and and it is it is disheartening to see um you know a lot of us taking sides you know, with with the system, with an individual in the White House that that totally upholds all of that. But you know, I yes. mean, after all this, 
Yeah, and if, and if it does, uh, you know, if there there is actual change in the White House this coming election, that you know, I hope that uh, you know we can we can all still kind of work stuff out within our own community. Like, right, right. Yeah, because you know, yeah, even though we disagreed, that we could still uh, have some kind of uh, allyship if mm-hmm. if if you guys want it, if you guys yeah. want it, because mm-hmm. because I think uh, I think that's just how I I I. I I wanted to bring myself up is to give people you know that 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 bumper space that breathing room to like mm. yeah, you know let's let's just let's just back back off for a minute here you know um, yeah and let's, let's back off so we can come together at some yes. point at some mm-hmm. point but yes, it, these yes. are hard times but you know it, but these are great times to to put it out on the table yes yes it is because yeah. we we have to know exactly where we stand with. With uh, with everything happening, you know, with, mm-hmm. with the pol- with police brutality and the you know the latest uh, outcome with the with the Brianna case, Brianna Taylor, yeah, yeah. and it's like really yeah. again, America again, mm-hmm. like really mm-hmm. the only yes again, America, yeah, and uh, yeah, but um, yeah, for a lot of us it is hard because we 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 tend to just appreciate the fact that we're here legally and we won't get deported. And uh, <laughs> well, supposedly, right? And uh, right, right. but a lot of Low us, bar. Uh, a lot of us have been deported accidentally, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. So we need to really just uh, see where we're all where we're all at, and just check in with each other. And if it means getting, you know, hate comments <laughs> online, <laughs> like you should just be a comedian. Sorry. That's so good. It's like, okay, yeah. But you're still going to come to my show when the pandemic's over. Oh, yeah, yeah, number one fan. That's so funny. It's like, really? Dude, really? Okay. That's so funny. I know. Yeah, we're so diverse like that, which I I truly uh, appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Because absolutely. you know we're really just a small drop in a bucket, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. millions of other fellow Americans who are you know dealing with with the the current state of affairs. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's absolutely. so hard to stay positive, inclusive, but you know yeah, it's there. It's it's mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. But you know what? Yeah, that's yeah. why people need to hear. You know, not just my story, but also your story because you're mm-hmm. because you're you you do uh, represent uh, a part of our community that that has to you know face that from without and also from within um, yes and, and, I, yeah. and, and I know how hateful um, you know a lot of us Filipinos can be towards you know um, other children of mixed backgrounds yeah yeah and um, yeah that's and that's that's uh, I, I just something yeah it's not gonna go away overnight but you know dialogue really needs to happen now yeah it sure does and you know I'm one thing that, you know, I've been really excited about, you know, I think beginning, you know, this summer is being able to connect with even more, uh, you know, Black Opinos, Black Opinex, Black Opinas um, across the nation. You know, I've been, you know, been writing on, you know, being a biracial woman of, of black and Filipino heritage for, for, you know, quite some time and, and, you know, been trying to um, stay connected with those other folks that I may run into at conferences and like, Oh, you're black and Filipino too. Oh yeah, me too. You know, be able to, to, to um, hold on to those, those connections over time. And what has been cool is 
being connected with and seeing more of us um, throughout this summer. I mean, and, you know, this has been, you know, through a function of, you know, friends, connecting friends, um, folks, you know, some of us being on, on similar panels and, and, um, and whatnot. And some just, you know, we end up finding each other, you know, by accident via social media. And I well, some of it, not by accident, really us searching each other out because, um, we're like, Hey, there's, there are ways in which, you know, folks like us, you know, straddle, you know, we straddle these two worlds that in all of their richness, you know, the richness on the black side, the richness on the Filipino side, you know, there are also a lot of tensions with being, you know, this, this, this bridge. And, um, and, you know, and I, I, I recall some of the words of Gloria Anzaldúa um, talking about, you know, bridges and, you know, bridges, you know, of course, connecting communities. But one of the things that's hard about bridges is that you also get walked on from both sides. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're most certainly a unique set of tensions and joys that are experienced by multiracial people. Um, and. Um, and then in my case, more specifically as a black Abina woman. And, um, and the nice thing is that we're, we're finding each other. Um, and, and that is, is, uh, it's something that I think that, that can help us stay strong. I know that's something that I, I personally was looking for, you know, um, growing up, you know, where, you know, is there anybody else out there that's, that's like me, you know, cause you, you want, there's, you want to be able to 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 know that your your existence is validated that whatever it is that you're experiencing you want to bounce it off of someone else who have, may have similar experiences as you and say hey is this going on with you too is this or is this just in my head or blah, 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 blah. and um so yeah yeah for what it's worth oh it's worth a lot it's yes worth a lot. <laughs> yeah, cool. i'm glad we had this conversation janet me this too is, this is this is it. This is one for our kids. Yes. Yes, it yeah, is. Yes, it really. is. Thank you so much, Rex. This was so nice. Yeah, we're going so nice. to have to, we're gonna have to do this again. You yes. Know, people, yeah. Because but, there's just so much to talk about. It doesn't have to be just about this topic, but, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll bring you in to just uh, talk about how to make British donuts. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when <laughs> times when times are better for all of us. You know, you're going to have like ube sprinkles on it. Oh, know. yes. That, that'd be, yeah. Donut Workshop 2.0. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're going to have you open up uh, your own donut shop and it's called Donut Eat Here. <laughs> oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you so much, Rex. Oh, God. Oh, God. Please, regards to Sean yes. and, and your yes. baby girl. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, Love and to take the family. Care. Oh yeah, take care, yes. please. You know, All right, to, you too. And that was my conversation with Janet Stickman. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, reach out to her um, if you can. Uh, check out uh, what event she's doing um, online uh, in terms of uh, uh, how we're getting together as Filipino Americans uh, and the discussions we're having online. Uh, but she did mention that she's also part of this uh, community dialogue toolkit called tatlong bagsak for black lives um and she she does this in collaboration with uh 
Cutting Candy, uh, one of uh, my guests from one of my pre- previous uh, uh, podcast episodes, and rapper Ruby Ibarra and Greg Sendana. Um, so this is a place where they come together. We can all come together and address the issues of anti-blackness in the Filipino-American community and how to fix it. So look them up, Tatlong Bagsak Community Dialogue Toolkit. You can reach them at uh, uh, T-A-T-L-O-N-G B-A-G-S-A-K org, And that uh, wraps up episode 8 of the Flip Chronicles. Uh, again, uh, I want to thank uh, uh, the folks over at Instagram for um, uh, providing a grant for this podcast uh, for you guys to enjoy. They are a money remittance company. You can send money uh, to loved ones, friends, to the Philippines. That's right. Yes. They've got great rates, uh, zero fees. Again, um, they've been making this podcast uh, totally possible since episode one. So please give them some business. Uh, their links are in the podcast description. Again, Instagram, if you want to send money overseas to the Philippines. And also, if you want to support my comedy, go to iTunes and just purchase my albums uh, or track by track, whatever. Um, uh, my comedy albums are available. I got four uh, live comedy albums on iTunes right now uh, and uh, spread the word about this podcast people I'm going to keep this going as long as the energy as long as I've got the energy to do it but thanks again for all your support and spreading the word about this uh, what else is going on anyway until next week uh, I'm going to have a an amazing uh, another amazing guest uh, this one's a little bit uh, a little closer to the heart a uh, really good friend of mine, uh, a mentor in my comedy upbringing. Um, and now I'm really excited about this. So uh, thanks again for enjoying episode eight with Janet Stickman. Again, this is Rex Navarrete for the Flip Chronicles. Back to box.